0: Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan. Welcome back to a new podcast episode. I am so excited to dive into our topic today. So we're going to be talking about the 10 things you need to understand about yourself. And here's what I want to say about this. Being able to truly know yourself is a master's level skill that is going to create more of what you want, not only in marriage, but in your life, right? I want you to just think about that, like really knowing yourself, like who you really are, what really drives you, what really motivates you, what you really value and care about, is going to literally be the car, the gas, the motor that helps you have the life, the marriage, the things that you really want in life that align with who you are. And I really believe that the degree to which you understand yourself impacts the degree to which you can show up intentionally to create the life you want, the marriage you want, the experiences that you want to be having. And this is something that I have been working on and have mastered so well in my own life that I think I take it for granted that everybody knows these things, that everybody just sits around being really clear about who they are, what they want. And it's just not true, right? The more and more I talk with couples, especially couples, right? I think as women, there's a lot of conversation that we don't really know ourselves, that we live our lives serving others, being there for others so much that we lose sight of ourselves. But I want to tell you that in my work with couples and with talking with men, the same is true for them, But that's not even a conversation that's being had in the world. So where do they go to discover themselves? Where do they go to figure out who they are? So that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to lay the foundation for all of us to be able to enter this conversation and then definitely If you want more help with this, this is part of the work that I do inside my coaching program, The Marriage Upgrade, we can take it all the way to the finish line for you. So the reason that this is so important is because many of us are living our lives in a gap. We are experiencing one reality when what we want is something different. And many times people approach creating what they want almost like they're just shooting in the dark. It's like, well, I think I want this type of career, so let me pursue this line of work. Or I think I want this promotion or this income level, so let me pursue that. Or I think I want this type of life. And there's nothing wrong with that, but... What happens is when you are doing so blindly like without having done this deep inner work of knowing yourself, you find yourself doing those things and accomplishing those things, and then getting there and being like, okay, like I don't feel any different. <laughs> I don't feel more like myself. I don't feel more alive. I have all these external things that the world would say represent amazing success. Yet on the inside, I still feel a bit empty. And it's probably because you didn't do this step here that we're gonna be talking about today that really helps you build the life that you want with intention. It helps you turn down the noise of what society says is right for you, of what your parents say is right for you, of what your friends and social media and anyone else influencing. It turns all of that down so you can turn up the volume to hear your own self because inside you know, inside you have the answer. And I believe that the thing, the 10 things that I'm gonna share with you today are really going to help you get those answers for yourself so you can see your life in a different perspective and have greater precision as you take the actions, take the effort to create what you want right so here are the 10 things they're mostly formed in questions sometimes quick statements and i'm going to just talk with you like we're just sitting across the table having coffee cuz my notes for this are inside of me <laughs> right some episodes i have copious notes some episodes i have like scant bullet points and this is pouring out of me. So, I want you to stay with me and follow me because I just feel so passionate about this idea and this topic and I want to make sure that it comes to you as authentically as possible. And so for those of you who are sort of very meticulous in your structure and your you know, topics, subtopics, just be with me here and have this conversation with me and then have the conversation with yourself. And then I highly, highly, highly encourage you to share this with your spouse, have them answer these questions for themselves, and then you can exchange answers. How fun would that be for a conversation? I think it would be amazing. All right, so number one, And understanding yourself is you want to be able to answer the question, Who are you? Who are you? And you want to answer this question not based on labels, titles, and accomplishments. The answer to the question of who are you is not necessarily, I'm a mother, I'm a father, I'm a wife, I'm a daughter. I'm a director, I'm a physician, I'm an attorney, I'm a VP. No. Those are titles, those are roles, which encompass a portion of who you are. But if you erased all of those things, if you erased your degree, if you erased your position in your company, if you erased the role you play in your family... Who are you? I have been answering this question for myself for many, many, many years, probably 10 years. And I think my first real deep layer of answering this question came when I decided to leave my job and be home with my daughter and start this business, right? All of those things happened back to back to back. And in Mapping out what did I want my next phase of my career and my professional life to look like, I had to answer that question of who am I? Like, who is the essence of Siobhan? What qualities represent who she is as a person? And once I started my business and I had some success and the business was growing. And then it wasn't growing at the level that I had decided from really just what was out there and the community that I was a part of. When I wasn't hitting my goals, I had to grapple with this question again, because what happened for me being a very achievement, accomplishment oriented person was that Once I started this business and I had a level of success, and then I saw what was possible for me, then I set the bar higher for myself because that was just my patterning, what I'd always done in my life. And when I wasn't reaching that higher bar, I could have dipped into a space of doubting myself, pushing myself harder using this accomplishment to define who I was. And I chose the alternate path of going inward and not using my external life to define who I was as a person. And that is where I erased everything. And I said, if I stopped my business today, if I closed the doors, if I never tried to attract a client If I never told anybody what I did, who would I be? And that really helped me see that no matter what profession I'm in, at my heart and my soul and my core, I am a teacher. I get information and I am compelled to share it with people. I am an empath. I care deeply about how people feel, and I want to help them feel better. I am a person that values being a contributor to other people's lives. I think about when I was doing my doctoral research that I was interviewing these teenagers in inner city Baltimore, and they all just started calling me their mentor. I was literally a research, you know, I was directing my research study, asking them questions and interviewing them. But the experience I created for them felt like I was their role model. They felt heard, they felt seen, they felt validated in their experience, which they just wanted to be connected with me even more. And out of doing that work, I actually established a mentoring program and it was incredibly fulfilling. And so that was out of literally like being a volunteer. I didn't get paid for it. I didn't charge for it. It was just like what poured out of me what I wanted to be in the world. So as you answer this question, I want you to think the same, right? If you didn't have the job that you had, if you didn't have to worry about making an income, if you could just be Authentically, who you wanted to be in the world? What are the qualities that would describe who you are? Are you someone who is fun? Are you someone who is very caring? Are you someone who is a great listener? Are you someone who solves problems? Are you someone who likes to, you know, be creative? So when you're answering this question, you want to be thinking about who are you from the qualities that represent who you are. If you were using adjectives and description words, what would describe who you are at your core? The second thing that I want you to start asking yourself more and more is what do you want your day to be like? I believe that, especially for those of us who are driven, high-achieving, very sort of goal-oriented people, we don't think intentionally about how we want to experience our life as we're accomplishing and achieving our goals, right? We just take the blueprint from other people and we plug ourselves in, okay, this is what It takes, right? I'm going to go to school for this amount of time. I'm going to get this degree. Then I'm going to get that certification. I'm going to get this fellowship. I'm going to get this, you know, extra thing to my credentials. But we don't pause and step back and say, like, what do I want my life to be like? How do I want to feel and operate in my day? And I'll just, again, pull a page from my own life. Today, I really thought about that. There was, you know, I wake up the kids in the morning and today they were getting ready faster (laughs) than normal, which was amazing. And I had like an extra 25 minutes where they would have been all set up and like ready to go appropriately where I could have exercised. And I typically commit every single day to walking on our treadmill at least 20 minutes a day. So my brain wanted to be like, oh, you could totally fit in your workout right now. And I like got my workout clothes on. I was putting my sneakers on. And then I was like, wait a minute. If I do my workout right now, that is going to create for me a little bit of pressure in this morning where I'm already feeling like we have luxurious and copious amounts of time. So I'm not going to work out because I enjoy a day where I'm not rushed. When I'm not rushed, I'm in a better, more patient mood with everyone. I feel more grounded. I'm more centered. I'm more conscious and present in my life. And so that's what I decided. I took the kids to school, dropped them off, and then I came home and exercised and took a shower and... Now I'm here recording this podcast for you. So you want to start asking yourself, what do I want my day to be like? Do I want to be running around from appointment to appointment, picking this child up here, shuffling this other child there? Or do I want more margin in my day? Do I want to be able to have 10 minutes where I have nothing on my agenda? Or do I like the hustle and bustle, right? Does, does my mind I go idle and I wander around aimlessly without having a lot of structure and obligated time in my day? You get to decide. One is not better than the other. The point I want to bring to you as you do this work of really understanding yourself is just to decide what is your preference, what works best for you, because you do have a choice. Number three is I want you to start asking yourself the question, what brings you joy? I am sitting at my desk and I've got like this diffuser and my favorite candle from Toka, And I'm just like immersed in the smell of it all. (laughs) Because this is something that brings me joy. I put it very close to me so that every breath I take, I can whiff it up because the smell brings me joy. So when you think about the things that bring you joy, it could be big things, right? We're like going on a big luxurious family vacation, or it can be very simple pleasures that you just integrate into your day. There used to be a time where drinking my first cup of coffee in the morning gave me so much joy. It was just like Mm, I have a favorite mug. I had all my favorite flavors. And I just would like look forward to that first cup of coffee so much. And now I've stopped drinking coffee. (laughs) It doesn't sit well in my stomach, one, and it agitates my anxiety. So I'm like, no, I love that. It felt like it brought me joy. But the consequences of that, you know, 10 minutes of joy really made the rest of my day not ideal. And so I've cut out coffee, but maybe you love coffee and maybe it doesn't impact you the same way. It doesn't matter what it is that brings you joy. It's just the act of beginning to ask yourself the question and building it into your day. Earlier this year, I took my daughter to the Plaza Hotel for tea that it's like the middle of February. That was six weeks ago. I would say that that is the highlight of my year so far. That brought me so much joy. I was so intentional about it. It brought me so much joy to see her so delighted. It brought me so much joy to feel so abundant, to be able to spoil her with something like that. She's only eight years old. She doesn't even know what the Plaza Hotel really is, right? So you get to think about this for yourself. What brings you joy? What just lights your heart up? And how can you build those things into your day, your week, your month, whatever time frame is most appropriate? Another question you want to be asking yourself is what makes you feel loved and cared for? And it's very easy to ask yourself this question and think about like, what do other people do for you that makes you feel loved and cared for? But I want you to start inside first. What is it that you do for yourself that makes you feel loved and cared for? I have A variety of notes and reminders on my phone that pop up throughout the day. And one of the questions that I've put in my reminder list is How have you taken care of yourself today? What if you started asking that question? Like, How have you taken care of yourself today? How have you loved yourself today? Because I guarantee once you have built that muscle and you are in more practice of loving yourself and caring for yourself, your capacity to receive love from your spouse is going to increase because you've just built your love muscle and your love receptors. And also your capacity to give them love and offer them care is going to be increased because you're not operating at a deficit. So what makes you feel loved? For me, giving myself the space to take a nap is an act of radical self-love and self-care. That is me taking care of me the best way that I can. Maybe for you, it's going to bed early. Maybe it's not going on social media as much because you feel like crap afterwards. What makes you feel loved and cared for? First, things you do for yourself, then looking outside of like, what are the things your spouse does? What are the things your friends do or your family members or other people you know that makes you feel loved and cared for? Right? We all know those five love languages. So what is what is your love language for yourself? What is the way you best receive love? Now, just knowing that, right, not to place a demand on your spouse, not to give them a script for how they have to love you, but you do just want to notice it and you want to be present to it in your life. And when I say you want to be present to it in your life, that just means you want to pause and notice when it's there and appreciate it, right? I love for my husband to invite me to things, right? Like, we've been together for like 16 years, married for 11. But like, when he asked me out for Valentine's Day, I just felt so warm inside. So I know that that helps me feel loved from him. You want to know the same about yourself. Okay? So... The next thing, what is your emotional temperament, right? We talked at the beginning about the qualities, the essence of who you are. That was the first question. And now we're looking at what is your emotional temperament? And that's really just asking is like, what's your mood like at baseline? And all of us have a range of emotional temperaments. Some of us are very energetic and lively. Some of us are more reserved and calm, right? Like we feel most like ourselves when things are calm, when things are peaceful, when things are harmonious. Other people feel most like themselves when they are in the excitement of other people, when they are in conversation with others. I'm all of the above, right? Some people feel most alive and like themselves when they are very reflective, right? So you want to just think about what is your emotional temperament? Are you a naturally positive person? I can't tell you how many times I've talked with couples and they're like, I'm not myself in this marriage right now. I'm mean, I'm impatient, I'm negative, and that's not me, right? When they're able to say that, it's because they know their emotional temperament. They know that at their core, they are a light and fun and easy to get along with person. But that maybe something circumstantially in their life or the dynam- the dynamics in their marriage has caused them to step out of that and they don't feel like themselves. So you want to know your emotional temperament. What are you like emotionally at your core? Now, this is a sub note for women. You also want to be very much aware and track your emotions with your cycle. Right. Because hormones are real. Right. And I actually do that in an app. It's called Moody. It's just a free app on your phone and you put in all your data and it helps you know like what phase of emotions you are in. And I can always like sense it inside my body. And then I go to check the app and I'm like, oh yeah, that's why, right? I'm in this reflect phase. They have different phases, that they call it. And I'm in this reflect phase. And so, yeah, that's why I'm so like insular right now. That's why I just want to like sit and journal and be in my own thoughts right now. This is the phase of my cycle where that's my emotional temperament or when I'm really like easily agitated and irritated. Two days before my period comes, I'm like, oh, there we go. That's what's happening, (laughs) right? So this is all data you want to know about yourself so that when you are, you know, very impatient or easily agitated, you're not thinking something's wrong with you and you're not shaming yourself about it. You just have the information and the context to be able to say, oh, this is just the point in my cycle where that is what's happening. That's my emotional temperament. And then you create a plan for yourself to navigate those days. Okay? So you want to know your emotional temperament. Number six is your values. You want to know what are the things that matter to you the most. I'm going to link this exercise in the show note. It's something I give all of my clients. It's not an exercise I even created myself. I found it and I love it so much that I'm like, I'm not creating anything different. This is perfect, exactly how it is. But in this exercise, it gives you a list of, I want to say, maybe like 100 values. And values, again, are just things that you feel are important. So fun, inner harmony, contribution, accomplishment, money, wealth, freedom, and dependence, connection. Those are examples of values. And so you want to be able to know for yourself, what are the things I value? Because then you get to build your life in alignment with the things that you value. And when you do that, you experience greater contentment and greater fulfillment because you've been so aware of what helps you to really feel like yourself. Okay, so you want to know what you value. Like I know, and I tell my clients this all the time I really value fun. And so in our coaching calls, we have fun, we laugh. If I don't laugh in the course of the day, I'm not myself. What is it for you? You want to know those answers. Number seven, you also want to know your desires. God created all of us with very specific and unique desires, and you want to know what your desires are, you want to acknowledge them, you want to appreciate them, and you do not want to judge them. And it's so easy to judge them because your desires are not necessarily other people's desires. And so when you encounter someone who has desires that are different than yours and you share your desires and they judge it, it's going to be so easy for you to then judge it. But I want to liberate you from that set of limiting beliefs. And I want you to know that the things you love, the things that you deeply desire are planted in you specifically by God because that's who you are. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's so interesting for me to think about this and have this awareness now because I remember early on in my business when I was, you know, putting myself out there on social media and creating my own graphics and doing things like that and, you know, making things look so, so pretty and investing and learning how to do that. My husband was just so confused. He was like, why are you spending so much time worrying about how something looks? Right. And when we did couples event, I would like agonize over like the decor of the table and he just didn't get it. And for a while, I would question it and be like, well, is this important? And then I would like try to force myself to want other things and to value other things. And now I'm like, oh, no, these desires that I have for things to look exquisitely gorgeous. I love beauty. I love things that are just well put together, even for myself, like I love how I look when I have makeup on and I'm dressed up. I just love it. Right now in another room and conversation with someone else who doesn't value that, they may be like, you should just be natural. You should just be yourself. And yes, I want to love myself in all of my variety of looks. But I'm going to be honest with you. I know that one of my desires and one of the things I love is just beauty. I love beauty. Like when I see a beautiful person, I love that. And that's part of me. And I honor that. And I know that about myself and I no longer judge it. Okay. I also want to make a lot of money. (laughs) Right? Like, I know this is a marriage podcast and this is not about making money, but let me just say my desire, the desire of my heart, is to make a lot of money. I want to be able to buy anything that I want. I want to be able to donate generously to any cause that my heart is connected to. I want to be able to solve problems for people that I love by writing a check. That's my desire. Yesterday, I was scrolling on Instagram and there was this post about this guy who's a a barber who works with children on the autism spectrum because getting a haircut is very difficult for them. And... I loved the story. And I went to, you know, it was someone else had posted about him. I went to his profile to just like encourage him and be like, this is so valuable what you're doing. He wants to have like a mobile unit to do this. And I went on there and I saw that he had a GoFundMe page and I donated immediately. Immediately. I want to be able to do more of that. I want to be able to give him 10 times the donation that I gave him. So I honor my desires and I want to invite you to do the same, whatever they are. It doesn't have to be what mine are, but whatever yours are, are for a reason and for a purpose and they are necessary in this world. Okay, number eight, you want to know your emotional operating system. So this is a little bit different than emotional temperament. Emotional temperament is like just who you are naturally in your emotions. When I talk about your emotional operating system, it's really the emotions that are driving you. What are the themes of your emotions that propel you to be who you are in the world, right? And I think because this is a marriage podcast. I want you to think about it from the lens of like, what are the emotions that you have a hard time with in your marriage that take you out of being your best self? Right? I asked this question inside the marriage upgrade yesterday on our coaching call. And almost unanimously, the main emotion that a lot of people had difficulty with was disappointment. And so when they're disappointed, one gentleman mentioned when he's disappointed, he will withdraw. He just really won't say anything. He'll just like go by himself. Whereas another person, when they're disappointed, they will like bring it to their spouse and want to talk about it and want to resolve it right away. So you want to know your emotional operating system. What are the emotions that are driving how you operate in your marriage that are either creating wonderful results in your marriage or really challenging results in your marriage. You just wanna be aware of it. Oh, I have a really hard time with disappointment. I have a really hard time when I feel guilty. I have a really hard time when I feel inadequate. Just name it and know what it is, okay? Number nine, and In a future episode, I'm going to do an entire episode on this topic because it's so important and so consequential. But for now, number nine is you want to know the impact of your childhood on your life today. So every single client that I coach, we spend some time just talking about their childhood. Like, what was it like growing up for you in your home? What was your relationship with your parents like? How did you feel as a child? What ways were you comforted? What ways were you criticized? Because that forms your blueprint of how you experience other people and how you experience yourself. And so you want to be asking yourself these questions. How did I feel as a child growing up? What was life like for me? What was the message I got about myself? What did I believe about myself? What did I learn to understand about myself based on how I was treated as a child? Because I guarantee you, those early child experiences definitely shape how you are now as an adult in your marriage. I was talking with another client about this. He is the middle child and he was sharing that as a child, he felt like his older sister was like the favorite. And then his younger brother was like the baby. And he felt like he just wasn't the one that got all the attention and he wasn't the one that was prioritized. And so now in his marriage, right his wife has a wonderful group of girlfriends that really support her and encourage her but he has a really hard time because it's triggering those same feelings of not feeling important of feeling like she prefers her friends to him right and so when we unwind and untangle all of these experiences from your childhood then what's happening in your marriage makes perfect sense of course this is hard for you in your marriage because look at how it was handled in your childhood. And we work through the process of addressing those things so that you can not allow those you know misses in your childhood to create huge gaps and huge issues in your marriage today. Okay. so. You want to be able to make those connections between your childhood and how that early formative stage of your life has impacted who you are today, how you're experiencing your life today, and how you're experiencing your marriage. And then number 10, you want to understand your internal motivations of behavior. (laughs) I know that sounds very academic. You want to basically know that when you make decisions, when you take a course of action, why are you doing that? And it usually falls into one of two camps. You're either doing something because you're trying to seek pleasure and have a need met, or you're doing something because you're trying to avoid pain, and you want to avoid a worst case scenario. Okay, so you're either seeking pleasure, you're looking for what's convenient, you're looking for what provides you with happiness, you're looking for what feels safe and secure, or you're making your decisions To avoid pain because you're afraid because you have anxiety and you're worried about something and you're feeling badly about something so you're making a decision to get out of that emotion right so those are the things those are the 10 things you must understand about yourself number one who are you qualities not titles number two what do you want your day to be like What do you want the structure of your day to look like? Number three, what brings you joy? Number four, what makes you feel loved and cared for first within yourself, then what you receive from others? What is your emotional temperament? What are your values? What are your desires? What are your primary emotions, your emotional operating system. What is the impact of your childhood on your life today? And what are your internal motivators of your behavior, seeking pleasure or avoiding pain? All right, this is such important work. When you can map out yourself at this level of detail, you can really live a life of your conscious, choosing your conscious intention. You will be able to navigate your triggers so much better because you know yourself like a book. You will be so much less reactive to your spouse. You will be so much more calm and grounded no matter what you are talking about. You will feel more like yourself. You will be able to take care of yourself and your own emotions so much better. I cannot advocate doing this work, sitting down with a journal, writing your answers to each and every one of these questions, and then sharing it with your spouse and having them do the same. This will make such a difference for you. I promise you. Do this work. Thank you so much for tuning in today. You can tell that I'm so excited about this topic. I trust that this has been valuable time well spent for you, that these exercises and these questions will just have massive, massive ripple effects in the quality of your life and the experiences that you create for yourself. Thank you so much for being here. I love you so much. Have a wonderful week. I'll be back with you next time. Now, if you loved this episode, you will want to download a free resource I created called 13 Beliefs to Hold On to when Marriage Gets Tough. Download it at bit.ly forward slash 13 marriage beliefs. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash 13 marriage beliefs. And of course, I will be back with you next week. Until then, commit to loving your marriage again.